I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For any of you who are horror movie buffs, you know that there are many tropes associated with the genre. A girl running from the killer only to stumble in the woods. The heroine of the movie, harassed by threatening phone calls, traces them only to be told the calls are coming from inside the house. And of course, the moment when one character breaks off from the rest of the group to explore that noise upstairs. When I was a kid, audiences in the movie theater would be shouting, no, don't go upstairs, stay with the group. Well, there are many tropes also associated with the transfiguration, which is now always the scripture read on this, the last Sunday after the Epiphany, the last Sunday before Lent begins. Just as we begin this season with the Feast of the Epiphany, three wise men arriving to announce that the wee babe is the Messiah, we end the season with the transfiguration, when Jesus's identity is revealed as Messiah, beloved of God, in the lineage of Moses and the law, Elijah and the prophets, and the disciples there, Peter, James, and John, and therefore all disciples, the church, us, are told, listen to him. During this miraculous mountaintop moment, as Elijah and Moses talk with Jesus, Peter says, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. What else was he supposed to say? After all, he was terrified. But this is where the trope comes in. Just as we all yell at the screen during a horror movie, don't go upstairs. Most preachers will at some point in their preaching career yell, or well, at least say commandingly, Peter, you can't stay on the mountain. You can't stay on the mountain, Peter. You can't rest in the miracle. There's work to be done, people to care for, people to heal and feed, a gospel to be shared. Don't try to stay on the mountain. Don't try to capture the miraculous or tame the marvelous. But you know what I say? Do you know what I say after a crummy year when we've had enough of reality and doing our duty and being careful and being alone? Do you know what I say as we face another Lent in lockdown after a year that has felt like 52 straight weeks of Lent? All denial and abstinence, very little fun. I say, stay on the mountain. Stay on the mountain, stay with the miracle, dwell in the light and God's presence, soak up the mystery, delight in the dazzling white clothes, eavesdrop on that conversation between Jesus and Moses and Elijah. After all, what's the hurry? Where's there to rush towards? Humdrum daily life? Worse, we know where Jesus is headed 
once they leave that mountain. Jerusalem, denial, fear, suffering, the cross. We know where we're headed. Lent, ashes and repentance, mortality, confession and fasting. Jerusalem, the cross. So let's hang out on the mountain for a while, shall we? After all, it was costly to get there. It was fear that led to the mountain. This reading begins six days later, but it doesn't say six days after what exactly. Well, six days before this, Jesus had dropped a bombshell on his disciples. The disciples had followed Jesus for a few years, traveling together, teaching people, feeding them. The disciples have followed. They've given up all. They've been sent out. They've been given authority over demons, given the power to heal, too. But six days ago, in Caesarea Philippi, Jesus asked, Who do people say that I am? And the disciples tell him, well, some say John the Baptist and some Elijah and some say you're one of the prophets. And then he asks, who do you say that I am? And Peter boldly confesses, you are the Messiah. After that proclamation of faith, Jesus unveils what it means to be the Messiah, to follow the Messiah. He must undergo great suffering, be rejected, be killed rise again after three days. Everything collapses. Peter rebukes Jesus, and Jesus turns to the crowds to offer these devastating words. If you want to follow me, deny yourself. Take up your cross. Those who try to save their lives will lose them. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. Peter and the disciples have been following, of course, have given up their livelihoods, their families, to follow this itinerant preacher. But now they've been told that their leader must suffer a humiliating death, that they must take up the cross, the shameful means of the Romans to torture and kill anyone who dares stand up to them. So Jesus takes the leaders in a state of disbelief and shock and fear up the mountain to be alone, perhaps to pray together. Suddenly Jesus is transfigured. This moment reveals all of who Jesus is. It confirms what Peter has confessed. It confirms what Jesus has said, and yet the disciples again are terrified. And then that voice that Jesus heard at his baptism speaks again, but this time to the disciples, not to Jesus, commanding, listen to him. Then everything goes back to normal. Elijah and Moses are gone. The cloud is gone. The voice is gone. And Jesus, no longer shining, tells them to keep this secret until he rises from the dead. Terrifying teachings from Jesus immediately followed 
by a terrifying, awesome experience of the transfiguration. So I think they should stay on the mountain for a little while. I think we should stay on the mountain, at least for a little while, at least until they, until we can be transformed by the transfiguration. Jesus is transfigured. We must be transformed. In this moment of light, of revelation of just who Jesus is, they, we, need to be transformed. Transformed from people who fear. Transformed from people who fear, fear anger from others, fear others' opinions, fear separation from those we love, fear the reality that disappoints and sometimes terrorizes, fear of death. We need to stay on the mountain long enough that we realize that after everything else is gone, miraculous vision, dazzling light, transfigured faces, visions of prophets and saints, our own security, our own certainty, when everything else is gone. Suddenly, when Peter, James, and John look around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. We need to stay here until when we look around and everything has been taken from us, when our fears are at their peak and our depression is cresting and our hope is waning, let us stay in this moment until we look around and we see that still here is Jesus. Jesus, to whom we are to listen, even though he says frankly frightening things. Take up your cross. Lose your life to save it. Heal others. You feed them. You feed them. Forgive, 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 follow me. If we trust that even when everything else is gone, all that we love, everyone we depend on, that, that even then, even then, we are not alone. Well, Go. we're ready to come back down the mountain. If we can lean into the truth of Jesus, made manifest on the mountaintop, the gospel unveiled, beloved Son of God, Messiah, Son of Man, then we're ready to walk into Lent then we're ready to face sin and death. For when we trust the one who bids us to come follow, the one to whom we are to listen, well, the truth is that we are in for a scary ride. After all, the way of Jesus leads to death. But dying in Christ leads to life, real, abundant life now and forever.
And if we stay long enough on the mountaintop to learn that, then we are ready to follow him down the mountain towards Jerusalem and forever. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.